podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So, Joe, um, how did you consume college football last year? Like, when I say, like, do you have – are you a cord cutter? No, I do have cable still. Um, I I have cable and then, like, a strange, like, just a collection of logins to everything else. So, like, I have access to, like, ESPN Plus, but it's not mine. Mm-hmm. I pay for HBO Max and, like, somebody else pays for Hulu for me or something like that. So, um I consumed it um, just pretty standard. Um, in fact, uh, when, when we were in the tennis national championship earlier this year, I was uh, I was actually streaming that live on Twitch for for a couple of uh, our Twitter friends. <laughs> well, it's so like the reason I ask is because like we cut the cord, like we don't have cable about three years ago, and we would just use like Hulu Live for our live TV for college football, then I'd go back down. But I was just curious um, because I've been listening to a lot of other podcasts and they talk about how to watch different, how to watch sports basically without a a classic cable subscription. Yeah, I have a, I have access to YouTube TV, which I actually use a lot because I don't want to pay extra for a, uh, for a second box. To be honest, the only reason that I currently have cable is so that I can watch the Astros because they're on a, on a AT&T Sportsnet, which isn't on a lot of cord cutting. And then my wife really likes the Hallmark Channel. So, <laughs> so last year you you didn't have a child, correct? In your football season, correct? Yeah, it was uh, it was just uh, lots of uh, lots of whiskey and beer last year um, on Saturdays. So, have you adjusted or thought about how your college football viewing? Is going to change or during so this uh, I actually, season? I actually talked to my wife about that today. This was a point of discussion. So the way we've kind of done things with the baby is uh, I kind of take the night shift. Um, I'm more of a night owl than she is. So I'll get up at three o'clock in the morning if he wakes up. I have a four-month-old for, for those of you who don't know. And um, and so basically I will, I'll do like the late night stuff and she does the early morning. So she'll get up at five o'clock in the morning when he gets up, take care of him. Um, and then on the weekends, I'll get up about seven 30 or eight o'clock and I'll help. So I actually told her today, I said, Hey, moving forward, since I'm going to want to watch football in the afternoons on Saturdays, I volunteer to take the morning shifts on Saturdays. So I'm going to start getting up probably at 5 a.m. with the baby on Saturdays, watch him, let her sleep in for a while. That way I can I can be off the hook to watch some Baylor games later on in the day. That's a good plan. We had um, – so I have two, but they're, now they're older. You have a 12-year-old and 11-year-old. So now it's like either they watch with me or they'll go and do whatever, whatever, get on TikTok, whatever middle school <laughs> kids do this day and age. But um, but yeah, whenever they were that age, I did the same thing. Like I, I was always the early person because I didn't get up at night. Mm. So my wife would do the middle of the night or any of any of those things, and I slept. But I'd get up at five and I'd do all the feedings and everything at the five a.m. shift. So that kind of worked out for me. 
Yeah, I think it'll be nice. It'll be a nice setup for for Saturdays because she's a teacher and so she doesn't get a whole lot of break during the week. So it'll be nice to let her sleep on sleep in on Saturdays anyway. Yeah, absolutely. So what I thought, I I thought we would just go through the um, just the season, like kind of break down the game by game and kind of what we thought about that and then kind of look at the slate of Big 12 games and what we thought about um, week one college football. How's that sound? Yeah, let's dive in, man. All right, let me – so, of course, we have, you know, game one. This is uh, Texas State. What are your thoughts about uh, the Bobcats uh, as Baylor travels to San Marcos? So, I don't know a whole lot about Texas State other than this is a team that we should absolutely beat. Um, it's still weird to me that we're going on the road to a team like this, but we're not Alabama, so yeah. – <laughs> um, and, and we get, you know, it's a home and home and we're, we're starting to finally move into the, the era of uh, Mac road scheduling uh, where we actually have some, some teams that you might want to play in the non-conference. We got BYU this year later on too, which we'll get to, but no, I think, I think this, uh, this Texas state game, is going to be really hot. Um, I think our defense is going to come out firing on all, all cylinders. I think, uh, I think our defense is going to be really scary this year. Um, and I think it's a good kind of kickoff game to see where, um, our offense is going to be um, now that we've got uh, Gary Bohannon starting. It looks like we're going to c- kind of run some kind of a wide zone offense. Um, I'm excited to see it. So if if I had to guess, I'd say Baylor comes out. Uh, they're, they're two touchdown favorites. Um, I think they should win by more than that. I think this will be a 21 to 24 point win. Yeah, uh, Texas State, from what I watched, I mean, their defense was horrible last year. And, you know, a, a lot of people like throw out, 2020 it's a, it was a weird pandemic year and everyone had those issues but they they didn't bring in any high school recruits they had exclusively had transfers so that's 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 one way to do it and so yeah, I'll be interested to see if they filled any spots on that defense um but yeah I agree with you I think it's going to be we should win you know and like you said it's what like 14 point yeah it's a 13 uh, and a half point spread um and I think uh I think the FPI gave us like a 78% chance to win. Yeah, so yeah. it should be pretty, pretty handily one game. Yeah. Um, so then the week two, this is another one of those like old school Baylor matchups with the uh, Texas Southern uh, coming to Waco for the first, like the home opener. And uh, this should be even a worse beat beating than uh, week one. Yeah, so this is one of those games where, like, I don't even care how much they win by. Like, win the game and play the second half with guys that I want to see that are the future. Like, I hope we get to a point in this game where we see, like, Blake Chapin or even maybe, like, a Kyron Jones, like, playing on his red shirt. Like, I think it would be really, really cool um, if that's kind of what we get out of that game. Um, And so that's what I expect is at least some Jacob Zeno action in the second half, if not some third stringers. Yeah, because this is a – this is an FCS school, but like they're a bad FCS. They're bad for yeah, FCS. They're they're not great. So yeah, I think they would like won like one game last year. So it's like yeah. it, it should be pretty uh, over pretty quickly. And like you said, yeah, I'd like to see those guys. I'd like to see uh, you know uh, Jacob Zeno come out third quarter, come out half, and exactly or yeah. like whoever. Don't I mean, don't need to get Gary court. hurt. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And then uh, keeping on that trend, week three is. Uh, the Jayhawks, where we travel to Lawrence, Kansas, uh, and they have uh, their own issues, but um, this should be another win, um, even in Baylor's worst 
you know, darkest days, uh, we beat Kansas. So I don't think it's going to be much of a issue. Yeah. In the season that we lost to Liberty and what was it? UTSA. We lost to, it was, yeah. Yeah. We beat Kansas. Um, it's, it's what makes Texas losing to them. So funny. It's just, they're, they're your no matter what. And I almost look at this game as, as an even more, uh, funny one than, than TSU like it's it's your first road game which is beautiful that you get to to start it off in a place like Lawrence um because it, it'll ease guys that have never started on a road game and um but yeah it, this is there's no excuse in my mind that Baylor shouldn't be starting three and oh and I don't even want to imagine what would happen if if the worst were to occur against Kansas but same thing with TSU this is this is like you said I I hope this is a game where second half we're starting to get to see some backups in there yeah, and um, considering, like, I think they had a lot of transfer out, kids transfer mm-hmm. out, and then you're it's a whole new offense because you bring in a new coach from uh, Buffalo, Lance Leipold comes in, so it's a, it's not the same offense that they were running. It's new defensive staff, so – and they're short scholarship players. So, yeah, I don't expect that to be much of a – And, a and Leipold didn't get a full offseason. Like, that's the yeah. other thing. He came it's, in after spring. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's not a whole lot of time to install an offense, let alone a culture. So, sure. The first, uh, the next game is really the first big game or um, test, which is the uh, Cyclones from Iowa State come to Waco. Um, this is an interesting one because th- they're put, put up as like the, the top, you know, the second, you know, like in Oklahoma, then right. Right there is Iowa State, but um, I think I th- I'm gonna I'm calling it. It's gonna be a loss, but this is one that I can see Baylor winning, especially since it's at home. So I, I have a number of friends that are Iowa State people um, that I've I've made during the pandemic, strangely enough, and uh, I agree with you. I think I think this I think Iowa State takes this game. Um, Iowa State though is a unique program within the Big Twelve in that. Um, like a team like Oklahoma, for example, if, if you go up by 28 points on Oklahoma, as we've seen, yeah, Oklahoma can come back and beat you. Um, Iowa State's really, really good at playing with a lead. Like if, if, if you give Iowa State a lead, they can give the ball to Brees Hall and just run it down your throat and they can run Brock Purdy and they cannot relinquish it. Now, I say that, and last year, we beat them up in the first half. I think we picked Purdy off three times in the first half. They came back and beat us. Um, I think the only way that we were, if we were to win that game, would be something similar to where we'd have to jump out to a first-half lead, hold like have our defense hold it on. It would need to be a low-scoring, tough, um, fight-it-out kind of game. Like the 2019 game, like where it was like 23, 21, something like that. And, and that would be the only way we pull this out. But Iowa State, like, I know a lot of people are kind of like wanting to look at last year as kind of a fluke for them. Um, I, I haven't seen them. I've seen them get more respect than Iowa State normally gets. But yeah. on kind of the grand scale of the national conversation, I don't feel like they've gotten the respect they deserve for winning that Fiesta Bowl last year um, and returning almost everybody. So I, I think they're real dangerous. Iowa State is, um, I don't want to jump the gun too much, but they are, I have them picked to, to at least be playing in the conference championship game at the end of the year. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think that's our first loss of the season. And after that, um, 
we go on the road again to Stillwater, uh, where we take on Oklahoma State. I I have this as another another loss, but um, it, this is more of a 50-50 to me, more so than Iowa State. I think this could go either way. Um, but uh, I think I'm a little sketchy on the quarterback situation. And then, but I think their defense is going to be be a good, you know, not as good as Baylor's defense, but it'll be a good serviceable defense. So it'll be an interesting test offensively for for Baylor. So I'm actually picking this one as a win. This is uh, I, I think there are I think there are wins that that are going to su- surprise a couple people on the schedule. I think this team is going to make a pretty decent improvement over what they were last year. And my thing with Oklahoma State is when we go to Stillwater, if if we're really good, that's when I'm scared. When, uh, you know, when we go to Stillwater and we're like average, I, I feel like we, we kind of catch Oklahoma State at the right time. Um, so I don't know. Like I th- I'm going to take this one as a win. It's going to be like a surprise. I don't think we'll be favored to win it, um, especially after losing yeah. the week before. But I, I, th- I think we take that game. Yeah, I don't think after Kansas, I don't think there's going to be very many games we'll, we'll be favored yeah. until maybe the end of the end of the season. We'll mm-hmm. get to that. Um yeah, I mean, I'm like I'm like I said, I'm 50-50 on it. Um, I'm not sold on um, Spencer Sanders. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's been you know hot and cold, and then um, I don't really know what they have behind him. I, like I said, I think their defense will be a, a good you know defense, not like great, not like Iowa State or anything like that. But they'll be they'll be good. They have a good um, front front four for sure. But yeah, I could go. I could see it going the other way, and Baylor pulling off a win in Stillwater. Now, I do think Baylor's going to win the following game. That's West Virginia, and and mostly I just think they're winning because they they got to win one eventually. They got to beat West Virginia again eventually. Mm-hmm. So they they should have probably beat them last year. That was another close game, and I do think people are giving that defense too much credit based on last year's performance. They did lose a lot. Uh, there were some of their best their best defensive player went to the NFL draft and the, the, the best steals brother. And then you have, they lost their best secondary player who transferred to Georgia in a weird, like weird way, but he transferred to Georgia when a coach left, but, um, and the defensive coordinator left. So I think their defense is going to take a step back and Baylor will be able to take advantage. See, I, here we're starting to get into the difference. I like it. Um, <laughs> So I, I, I'd have us actually losing this game. It's I, I think this is the the midseason like Baylor stubs its toe game where yeah. we just look like crap for absolutely no reason. And it's because we're playing West Virginia. Um, so that's kind of what I see. I'm actually and also because I'm going to that game. Um, okay. so like, why would anything good happen? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. but, uh, but yeah, so I will actually be in person. That's the, that's the game I picked to go this year. Um, and I really hope they pull it out, but I think maybe it's just me mentally preparing for a loss. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think they, they, uh, will flip the Oklahoma state one, but, uh, but yeah, I think they lose that one. Yeah. That's how it has been for me when I go. Cause I don't, I get to go to like a, probably one Baylor game a year. And um, I live out of state or out of the state of Texas. And so in 2016, I think it was, that was the, yeah, the year that um, Browse got fired. I went to the TCU game. That was my game. Mm. And that was like 62 to 21 or something. And that's whenever they had the, the cab t-shirts. It was just Yeah, horrible. I was there. It oh, was that horrible. was a bad one. 
And so, like, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. Like, this is a game I'm going to, so we're probably not going to do well. So I, I understand where you're coming from with that one. Um, BYU, I think, I think Baylor wins, and just because I think. I'm going to err on the side of our offensive staff having familiarity with the defense. Um, there wasn't a real changeover on the defense, so they'll, be, they'll know what they're going to do on the, on the defensive side. Now, again, they will have familiarity with the offense on the same token, but I think with the losses that they did have on the offensive side of the ball, our defense is good enough to make plays, and I think uh, Baylor comes out on top uh, when we uh, take on BYU. You're telling me right now that we get to tell Dave Aranda – what every single offensive lineman's like strengths and weaknesses are like intimate knowledge of that, what every single wide receiver likes to do and how he likes the ball. Like you're telling me that Dave Aranda gets to know all of that information before he goes and plays an offense. Like this is going, I think it's going to be a defensive beat down. Uh, I think Grimes and Mateos, uh, the offensive line coach that also came over with him from BYU, like you said, like, they are going to be providing every bit of intel that the kids that they, they may not know the offensive scheme, but they coached those players. They know exactly what's going on and what those yeah. guys like to do. Um, and so our guys are going to know exactly how to exploit the strengths and weaknesses of those players. And then, like you said, they're going to have knowledge of what goes on in the defensive side of the ball. Um, BYU lost their absolute best player on their team from last year, their quarterback, um so yeah i think i think this is actually um i would call it an easy win i think baylor wins by multiple touchdowns in this one yeah and it could be a future conference game never know yeah exactly <laughs> um the the big game or the game a lot of people circle especially with everything going on the first of the two big circle the calendar games is uh texas where they come to waco um see this i'm i'll pick this as a win for no other reason that uh, I'm trying to like speak it into existence. So I really hope that we, we haven't, we're not like three and four at this point. Yeah. And people have like the wind taken out of their sails because if we are, you know, if at this point of the season, we've got maybe one or two conference losses and we're still in the hunt um, and there've been upsets along the way for some other folks, McLean Stadium with Texas coming in would just be, oh, it would just be so, so beautiful to, to see. I was there at the last home game um, in rules last year, and it was just, uh, that stadium was just beautiful against Texas that year. Beating them at home is so special. Um, all of that being said, Texas is talented. I don't, I, I have no idea how good they're going to be. Uh, I'm really excited to watch them play this weekend against Louisiana Lafayette. Um to kind of get a gauge of, of how good Sark is going to be or, or what he's been able to instill there so far. Um, but I think, I think we're, we're not quite ready to beat them yet. Um, so I, I have this one down as a loss as much as it hurts my heart. Um, but what I do hope the most is that we Baylor goes into this game with one, maybe two losses. Um, and that stadium is just rocking and the booze and the SEC chance and the stuff that'll happen. That's what makes college football beautiful. That's what I hope to see. Yeah, I think like of those three, those previous games, so the the Iowa State, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, I think that Baylor's going to go like one and two, right? Mm. So you're going to have two losses. 
I, th- yeah. I think. I, I agree. That's that's where I'm at. So I, I hope that's the case. And then you have BYU. Then I believe it's a week off. Then Texas. Yeah, there's a there's a there's that's, a that's where the buy is between yeah. BYU and Texas. So that is an advantage there, is we do have an extra week to prepare for them. Um, following Texas is uh, the game. The game. The uh, revivalry, as it used to be called, where TCU we traveled to Fort Worth take on TCU. Um, TCU, I think, talking about Iowa State earlier, they're the team I think they could push Iowa State for that for that second spot. You know, if, if someone's going to not – if it's not going to be Iowa State in that championship game, I think it's probably going to be TCU. And as much as it pains me to say that, and I I, I have this down as – I'm going to have this as another loss um, as much as I don't want that to happen. But I think TCU is going to have a pretty good team this year. And uh, it'll be, be a little bit too much for Baylor to overcome. Yeah, this is the heart of the hardest three-week stretch that Baylor has on their schedule. And I agree with you. TCU is really good this year. I mean, I think, I think everybody agrees like Oklahoma's that, that top tier, like expected to be number one going to the conference championship game. Um, and then, yeah, like if it's not Iowa state that goes, I think it'll be TCU. Um, I think, I think they are the third best team in this conference um, yeah. and, and could very well be the second best team um, as we see things play out this year. But uh, yeah, it won't be good news for us. Um, Gary Patterson will will get the last laugh, and uh, I think I think we'll drop this one. But in a couple of years' time, I don't think it'll be the same. Yeah, and I think the reason I I I, I almost favor them over Iowa State is because in that stretch of those six conference championships for Oklahoma, they've never played the same team. Yeah, um, so it's been a different team. You know, TCU, Texas, Baylor, Iowa State the last four times. So I think it's like, it's one of those things where the trend, I'm just, it's trending that way. So I was like, what's well, probably not going to be Iowa State just because they played them last year. Someone, they're going to drop a game or something crazy going to happen. And it'll be, someone else is going to be there. I mean, it may be, maybe Kansas State, who knows? But I think someone <laughs> different is going to be there. I mean, no one saw Baylor come in 2019, so you never know. But, but yeah, I think TC is going to be really good. Um, this year, and uh, I agree with what you said about um, dropping that game to them. And then you have – you follow that up, talk about that stretch of Texas, TCU, Oklahoma is the next game. And um, there's really no way to – I mean, they, I think they're going to be a, an elite team. Like, in, in the nation, they're going to be an elite team. And so I think this is going to be a, a lo- another loss. But um, it is at home, so crazy things happen. I mean, Baylor came very close to beating them in 2017. We were 1-11 when it was at home, so you you never know. And defense, like you said, they almost – if we would have had a serviceable offense last year, probably could have beat them in Norman last year the way our defense is playing. So I think it will be closer than some people expect, but it will be a loss at the end of the day. We get up for Oklahoma. It's, it's weird. Um yeah. Because it's not a rivalry. I don't I don't think their fans look at us that way or, or we no. look at them. But, like, if I had to tell you, you know, just thinking about Baylor versus Oklahoma, if if I had to tell you, like, my favorite Baylor moment, it's, like, I've been watching OU for a long time. My sister, my sister went to OU. She's nine years older than me. So my college football, like, fandom started with OU until mm-hmm. I got to Baylor. 
Um, so I've watched them a lot over the 30 plus years that I've, I've been alive. And um, my favorite moment is we forced them to boo their own team. You know, when Bryce Petty was just curling them down the field and I think it was 2014 yeah. in Norman and, and they booed them. And I think, I just feel like ever since that 2013 season when they had Blake Bell and we started beating them and then we beat them again in Norman um, we play them close every year. And you, you talked about 2017. That's kind of the image that I have in my head um, of what this, what this game will be like this year. I think they'll come in. I think we'll be super hyped up. We'll have lost two games in a row. We won't want to lose a third. And I think they'll be, I think they'll be undefeated going into that game. Yeah. Um, I think this is a serious national championship contender. Spencer Rattler, I think, is special. And the leap that you make from your first year to your second year, sure. just knowing what's happening, having a full offseason of practice that's not surrounded by the, the same COVID restrictions that were there on them last year, whether or not that's great, it's a different story. But um, I, think, I think you're going to see a lot of growth from Spencer Rattler, and he's just a scary, scary football player. Um, but I think we'll be up for it. I think we make it a game and we play them tough. We earn their respect, but they're a better football team and they'll beat us. Yeah. And speaking of that 2014 game, have you seen like Brass Betty as a podcast? Yeah, with uh with Trevor, uh, Trevor Knight. Knight. Was on yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was funny. I watched a little clip where they're talking about it. It was <laughs> but yeah, and um I feel the same way. I think Spencer Rattler, you saw after he got pulled, I guess it was Kansas State, maybe he got pulled. And then they put him back in. He, you could see he um, played so much better that second part of the year. And had they had it been a full season, I mean, they they probably would have. Or had they got into the playoff, I mean, they could have probably made some noise in the playoff last year. Mm. Not that they would have won anything, but if you know, because they probably would have pulled Alabama, and they were just an unstoppable force. Um, following up that. We get to travel to man back to Kansas. <clears throat> get to travel to Manhattan to take on Kansas State. Um, what do you, what are your thoughts on Kansas State? Because I'm kind of conflicted. I think they're really bad. Yeah. Um, like Kansas State, if you take out the Bill Snyder years, is uh, the worst college football team of all time, and uh, they don't have Bill Snyder, <laughs> so uh, I don't I don't have very high hopes for them this year. Um, I think this will be another year where we win the Kansas state championship by winning both games in Kansas. Um, but it, it could be one of those uh, lethargic games where um, we don't necessarily play great. Cause I feel like, I feel like we do, we win in Manhattan, um, but we don't like destroy them in Manhattan. Yeah. So I think this is, I think this is probably like a, like a, a, a one score game that we win. Yeah. The thing I guess I hear I listen to a lot of podcasts and they preview teams and people are like, watch out for Kansas State. And I I, I went into it thinking like you like, well, they're, they're really not good. I and mean, we beat them last year. And, we, you know, of the two teams, they're one that we won. We almost beat them in that one win season. We came close, beat them in. And then we beat them the 2018. So, like, I just don't see how they're going to improve especially the way their recruiting is, how they're going to improve enough to be, to compete with like the, the TCUs, Baylor, that ilk of um, big 12 teams. 
I think people want Kansas State to be good. I think that's what it is. Like they're they're that scrappy team that's not supposed to be number one ever, and and they got to that point a couple of times. So I think every year people just want them to be good, but they're they're not. I don't think they're good at all. Same thing with the realignment. Like they always mention, like Kansas State going to the Pac twelve. Pac twelve. Yeah, it's weird. Really? Yeah. Like the the team in the middle of the country going to the Western elites. Okay. And then we wrap up the season in McLean Stadium, welcoming in our friends from Lubbock. The uh, Red Raiders come in, and I'm like, I think they're uh, going to be a bad team. Yeah, they're um, they're not good. Um, I have them in kind of the same bracket. I think Kansas State and Texas Tech finished at the bottom of the conference. Um, and you know, uh, I won't let my wife listen to this cause she's a, she's a red Raider. Um, but, okay. <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, I, I don't have high hopes for Texas tech this year. I think, uh, I think they'll probably be hiring a new coach after the next off season. Yeah. And we'll, um, we'll look at the, I mean, they could w- lose their opening games. We'll get more into that in a little bit, but they're, uh, they, I think they open with UH and, uh, yes, that's, a. Uh, that's problematic, I think, for the Red Raiders. Could be. But yeah, I feel the same way. I think we're gonna win. I don't think they're a good team. I think I have I think I said something like four wins. I think I had them like four and eight probably this year. They're they probably if he makes it, I don't even know if he'll make it to the end of the season. But I mean, I think we could do the same thing that we did with uh, Kingsbury, where uh, we'll beat him and then he'll be fired the mm-hmm. um, the next day or sooner thereafter. And I feel for Tyler Shuck because uh I I I think he's a good quarterback, or he could be a good quarterback, but he's going into a bad situation in uh, in Lubbock there. So, but yeah, so I think that I had him at eight and four. I think is my in tally. Yeah, eight and four. I think is where I landed. I I legitimately think it's a. I think we're a probably actually a seven and five team. Yeah. Um, I will be I will be happy with six. Like if, if we're talking about like if we go to a bowl this year, after we went, what we went through last year, um, and the learning curve I think that that David Rand is going through, which is expected. Um, not a criticism on him, but I think sure. I think the leap um, to your second season, getting to a bowl game, you're kind of following like the same path like Rule did, um, and then looking down the road. Um, how he does after that will be a better judge. But, yeah, I think this is a solid seven-win team with eight being the ceiling. Yeah, I think one of those 50-50 games, um, not going Baylor's way, 7-5. But, yeah, I, I agree. If we went to a bowl game after uh, two wins last year, not, but like you said, I think it's understandable considering we didn't have really – didn't have a spring. The first time the coaches really got to the player was in the, in the fall camp. Then there was like no, no real coherency on the offensive side of the ball, starting with the offensive staff and that trickled down to the players. In the middle of the season, you had your two running backs want to leave the team for, for, because they were just fed up with it. So, I mean, team leaders say, you know what, we're, we're kind of done. But so, yeah, so I think it was a mess on offense last year. It'll be better. On, I mean, I think it'll be markedly better on offense this year. Yeah, there's nowhere else to go but up. So, yeah. I think even the quarterback, I mean, with Gary's, we, we haven't seen Gary do anything, so we don't know. People talk about his like limitations, but we really don't know. We've seen him throw a, a handful of passes in his, his four years he's been there. 
and we know what he can do with his with his legs and how athletic he is. He's built like a linebacker. You know, he's like he's listed at six three two twenty, but if you look at it, I mean, he looks like he's two thirty. Yeah, I mean, he's and a big. There's dude. something to be said about like the mental side of it. Like when you go in as a backup and you're playing in mop up mop-up duty like you want to look good there's some pressure there you don't want to like you don't want to give up a lead that you have even if it's huge you don't want to make the game look closer than it was I think there's a huge different mentality when your coach sits you down and says it's your job you're the starting quarterback and you just get to like let loose and let it fly um I'm I'm really excited to see what what he can do with his arm because we know what he can do like you said like the guy's a beast and I wouldn't want to try to tackle him um and in the system that that we're going to be running um, that BYU offense, that that kind of wide zone, um, which I read about today in Travis Roeder's article in Our Daily Bears. Um, I did too. That was great. <laughs> it was a great article. Um, and uh, you know, I'm excited to see what they do with him there, getting him into play action, letting him throw on the run. I think I think this offense. Um, I don't think it's going to be blowing people out, or it's going to cause defensive coordinators to lose sleep. But I think it's going to be exactly what we didn't have last year. And that's an offense that the defense can still be proud of and knows yeah. is going out there and has their back. What's similar to like in, – in one aspect, it's similar to like what Browse did in the sense that every play you're showing wide zone. There's no pass pro. It's, mm. it's all wide zone. And now they're not going to be a drop back team, so it's going to be rollouts and play actions. But the, the offense is always – the linemen are always going to show the same, the same look. Yeah. Or, and that's what Browse did. It was run blocking even on pass plays. So the defense can't read that. And so it is going to open up those intermediary passing lanes. And I think Gary can hit those consistently. Yeah. And I just, I, I would, I can't wait to see what, uh, what they do with Ebner and that kind of offense, getting him out in space, like the option with him, yeah. there's going to be some, there's going to be some really interesting like run pass options, I think where they get, where they get a defensive end out on an Island against Gary and they're going to have Ebner maybe five yards upfield. And he's got to decide, do I take away the pass or do I come up and stop the run? And I think it's just going to be beautiful. Yeah. Also, I, I can't wait to see Ebner because the, I've been some reading about the wide zone offense as well. And it's really, you want that like one cut and going downhill. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to see, I can't wait to see Ebner put plant his foot and there's a lane and then he's gone. And it's like, to the house because he has that kind of speed where if he gets a step on you, he's just like, it's all she wrote. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited about that. Well, let's go ahead and jump into the rest of the Big 12 this week and see what's uh, what the slate of week one games looks like. It looks like it starts on Friday. We have um, just a South barn Dakota. burner of a yeah. matchup. Friday, <laughs> Friday night um, on uh, looks like it's on ESPN plus. We have South Dakota taking on Kansas. And um, so, so the FPI on this one is it's probably the only time you're going to see this all season long is it gives Kansas a 77.5% chance to win this football game. There yeah. is um, – Because South I'm Dakota is ES- not the good South Dakota. I'm on team. ESPN right now. There is not a line for this game, um, at least listed on ESPN. So um, – the, the degenerate gamblers out yeah, there. Yeah, if you're looking line. for a line for this game, you're a degenerate. <laughs> if you're putting money on Kansas, South Dakota. Yeah. It's a Friday night. Find something more fun to do. Yeah, I mean, there's – I mean, 
But yeah, I think Kansas. I mean, I think this is Kansas's one win. I think I, I, I think they're only going to get one win. I don't think they're really going to get any wins in conference, and their out of conference is uh, a little bit rough after this. So, so yeah, so Kansas, I think they'll win this game. And like I said, there's no line, so I really can't pick against the spread. So, the next game we have the uh, Oklahoma and Tulane. Now I did see this game was moved to Norman because of the hurricane. Um, and you know New, New Orleans has been slammed. So this also, I, I don't know. Do, do you have a line on this game? Can you find no, one? I don't have a spread on this one. Yeah, I don't either. So there's there's just no way Tulane wins this game. Not not with everything that's going on. And even before it was going to be rough, but now you talk about they relocated and now have to travel to Oklahoma. So and like you said, with everything going on, their 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 minds are probably not solely focused on on this game. Rightfully but, so, yeah. Like and yeah. and. So yeah, I think I think it, this might be a game where Lincoln Riley just goes easy on them, but it still won't matter. Yeah, and that game is um, it's eleven o'clock. Oklahoma loves eleven o'clock games, so eleven o'clock uh, ABC game. So uh, I will say though, Tulane will win one thing, and that is best uh, best logo on the field. They will win that absolutely. They are. I love their uniforms. I love their colors. I have a home field Tulane T-shirt, and I absolutely love it. Ah. The good brand. Yeah. Um, another 11 o'clock game is the Stanford and, uh, a, you know, it's a power five on power five game, Stanford and Kansas State. Um, this I'm showing Kansas State uh, minus two and a half. Um, this game's on FS1. And I think Kansas will, I, I think Kansas will be, I don't think Stanford's going to be very good either. So I think they can beat them and uh, cover that two and a half points. See, I, I just I still I don't think Kansas they're they're my pick to finish uh second to last. Um yeah, club. I just think Stanford is gonna be like four and they're bad too. Yeah, this game's a toss-up. I mean, like you said, it's a two and a half point line. Um Vegas has Kansas State favored, uh FPI has um Stanford favored. They have a 56, 57% chance of winning this game. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't really know how I want to pick this one, but I'm just, I'm gonna go Big Twelve Homer here and say, yeah. yeah, we we take a we take a win from the Pac-12 and take the Alliance down a notch. I think this is a in in Jerry World, I believe. I think it's a neutral site. Yeah, it's at AT and T. Yeah, so um, which means Stanford has to travel quite a bit further than Kansas does. So, all right. So next, it's um. At 2.30 p.m., we have West Virginia taking on Maryland. And this is – I'm showing West Virginia also favored by two and a half, which I'm I'm assuming – is this a neutral site game or is this at um, – No, this uh, is uh, this is uh, at Maryland's. At Maryland. Okay. So, they have – I think West Virginia is a two-and-a-half point favorite. This game's on ESPN. Um, I'm going to go Big 12 homer. Again, I think West Virginia can beat – Maryland, I don't know how good Maryland's going to be. I don't know a yeah, lot about they're them. A, uh, they're a middling Big Ten team. They don't scare me. Um, yeah. And and West Virginia has the the Vegas line of two and a half, and they have uh, FPI favoring them at 51-49 no. in this game. So even FPI thinks it's a toss-up. Um, normally I go with the home team in that situation, but I'm going to say West Virginia. Uh, they don't have UT across their chest, so yeah. they're not going to lose to Maryland. I was about to say Maryland is used to beating uh, – Big 12 teams on opening games. So, um, 
Iowa State, number seven Iowa State, will take on Northern Iowa. Um, there's no line for this game that I can find. And now my gut is Iowa State's going to beat them handily because this isn't the Northern Iowa of a few years ago that gave them a game. But even then, they were able to pull it off. Um, now, I don't think Iowa State's going to be showing a lot. It's probably going to be pretty vanilla on both sides of the ball, but I think they beat them handily. So Jack Trice Stadium, I, I can, like, as I mentioned earlier, like I, I know a number of Iowa State folks, and I'm going to tell you right now, like that stadium is going to be on one this weekend. They are a powder keg ready to go watch some college football. Yeah. They are, they, they spent the pandemic in Iowa. Like imagine that, like you spent the pandemic in Iowa um so yeah they're gonna be out there i i couldn't find a line on this one either but fpi gives them a 98 percent chance to win this game which is just amazing that's like an alabama fpi um the days of of us beating uh iowa state by like 70 points are over um at least for now but yeah iowa state's gonna take this one handily i, I don't think they show a lot like you said um i think they have Matt iowa Campbell's. iowa is week two yeah yeah yeah, so, yeah, yeah they're not the gonna Cy-Hawk. The yeah Cy-Hawk's so week two. Uh, they're going to not show anything and because they definitely want to be Iowa. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, my favorite game is um, the next one we're going to look at, and that is uh, number 23, Louisiana, against number 21, Texas. This is – I'm showing Texas the, – the line's actually dropped according to this. This is as Texas minus eight. I think it opened at like 13 and a half maybe, 14. Yeah. It Last was, week it was, it was nine it was and a half. touchdowns, I think. It was nine and a half last week, and it's gone down to eight. I mean, if this game keeps on, keeps. I mean, money should be. It looks like money's coming in on Louisiana, the way that the, it's dropping. But um, I live in Lafayette, Louisiana, so I'm very familiar with the uh, the raging Cajuns here, and um, I think Texas wins, but I think Louisiana covers. Gotcha. See, Louisiana walked into the 2020 football season and ran into a big 12 team that was supposed to be pretty good and then turned out being pretty good and uh, beat them. Yeah. And um, this is the Texas Longhorns. They have a brand new coach and they really like losing uh, games like this lately. And I'm taking Louisiana to win it. I was before, before we got on this, uh, got on this podcast and started talking, I was, this was a toss up for me. I didn't know which way I wanted to go because of the hurricane and knowing that a number of the kids that play on this team are from new Orleans, like, and their, their heads are going to be there. I was thinking, okay, are they going to be distracted or is this going to be one of those games where like the coach just gets them up and ready to play because like, Hey, we just had a hurricane hit us. Let's go out there and beat the hell out of Texas. Like, Let's go have some fun and do this thing. And, you know, I just looked at their name. They're the Raging Cajuns. And when you get a bunch of fired up Cajuns out there that are ready to go beat some ass, like, I think I think Louisiana takes this one. Um, FPI has 87% for Texas winning it. They don't give Louisiana a, a chance at all. But um, I, I, I'd say take the money line on Louisiana, man. Like, Texas ain't back yet. Yeah, and the thing about, the, um, about Texas is that like you said, they have a brand new offensive staff, brand new defensive staff. Um, and Louisiana has continuity of coaching. And not only do they have a lot of kids from New Orleans, 
uh, Billy Napier's done a good job. They have a lot of kids from Texas, mm. and they will want to beat Texas. Yeah, they, they, they'll have kids that weren't recruited by Texas and thought they should have been. Yeah, and he's also – he's a he's a, a saving – part of that saving coaching tree. Like, he coached at Alabama. He was a wide receiver coach at Alabama. He's kind of built this, like, mini Alabama program in Lafayette. And, yeah, I mean, they could definitely beat him. So, yeah, I think I think you're you're onto something there with the uh, the Cajun pick. Let's do it. Horns down. Let's go Cajun. Yeah, let's do it. Um, the I alluded to this game earlier was the Texas Tech uh, taking on Houston. Um, this I'm showing Texas Tech minus one and a half, and that's probably uh, being just giving them a benefit of the doubt that one and a half points. <clears throat> so. I think actually Houston's going to win this game. And um, they have a bunch of Texas Tech transfers on the University of Houston team. So it's um, there's a lot of familiarity there, especially you have um, Hogerson, who coached at Texas Tech, so he knows um, the program pretty well. So I think uh, – but I think UH is going to upset the uh, the Red Raiders there. Interesting pick. This is a tough one because, like, like – Tech is favored. They're a one and a half point favorite, but yeah. that's a toss up and it's a yeah. neutral site game. It's uh, it's in Houston. So even though it's in Houston, it's a neutral site game. Um, it'll be, I think the crowd will be pretty even Texas tech will travel as well as, as U of H people will show up. I think um, if I got a big, I could, I could be wrong um, in that there may just be a ton of Cougars that show up because because of the pandemic last year and, and the way college football went. Um, well, I'm going to go with you as well. I think, I think this is going to be, I think it'll be a tough one, a tough day for Texas tech and, and U of H pulls it out. And the main reason I'm doing this is for some reason I went on Texas tech message boards and they were talking about, they, they would love to have Houston in the big 12 and it's, it's Baylor and TCU that don't want Houston in the big 12. And I just think <laughs> just for that reason, I think, okay, well, we'll see. So, <laughs> I love it. Um, Oklahoma State takes on uh, Missouri State. Um, now, there's no line for this game. Uh, Oklahoma State should have no problem with Missouri State. And I do believe Missouri State is coached by um, – oh, now I forgot his name. He used to coach um, at Arkansas. He got fired. Anyway, forget it. <laughs> Yeah, there's no line that I found on this one. Um, this is the uh, the biggest FPI uh, matchup of of the weekend for the Big Twelve. Uh, FPI gives Oklahoma State a 99.5 percent chance to win this game. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it'll be a it'll be it's supposed to be a massacre. Uh, but Oklahoma State lost a game they shouldn't have to uh, a crappy team a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, but Bobby, I don't, I don't Bobby see that Petrino, happening. that's who coaches Missouri State. Bobby Petrino. Really? I State. had no yes. idea. Yeah. So okay, that's the I one take, game. That back. If Bobby Petrino comes out wearing his neck brace, then Missouri State wins the game. If he doesn't rock the neck brace, then Oklahoma State wins by 40. And then we've already talked about Baylor, Texas State. We both have them. I think it's a 13 and a half. I think Baylor's going to cover. We talked about that. So um, the final game is. TCU has taken on Duquesne. Duquesne. So uh, there's no, again, there's no line on this game. And yeah, I think TCU is going to win easily. 
yeah this is this tied on the oklahoma state like this is this is how bad uh espn thinks missouri state is is that they give duquesne the same chance to beat tcu uh but yeah there's a, it's a 99.5 percent fbi chance for tcu this is uh this is just i didn't even know duquesne had a football team yeah. <laughs> so uh I, I i i think they made the the playoff last year for fcs though so I, maybe they're maybe they're good at the fcs level but Again, I think you and I both agreed. Like, I think TCU is the third best team in this conference, and um, yeah. I think they they show up and show out on Saturday. So, is there any games that are outside the Big Twelve that in that you're looking forward to watching or going to keep an eye on? Man, like I overall am just going to be stoked to watch whatever I possibly can um, because football is back, and this yeah. is going to be like. Uh, the the really really uh, you know big opening week one. Um, I'll be watching probably the uh, the Ohio State Minnesota game. Um, uh, my dad's from Ohio and, and one of my best friends went to Ohio State, so I, okay. I'm kind of partial to them at times. Um, so I will be I'll be definitely watching that one and keeping up. I think the the Penn State Wisconsin game um, that's probably your uh, your big time one. I think Wisconsin is going to be pretty good this year. So I'll actually take them winning that one. And it's at home in Camp Randall. Um, and then the other one, I think that people pay a lot of attention to is going to be Alabama, Miami. Mm-hmm. That one's at a neutral site in, in Atlanta. Uh, Miami's ranked 14. I think they are overrated and I think Alabama puts them in their place and it'll be one of those games where I feel like Alabama does this every year where they play somebody week one. That's like a top 20 team and, and Alabama just boat races them and that team never recovers from it. That's going to be Miami after this game. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of, I'm keeping my eye on the um, LSU. You saw that game. You mentioned you, you're married to a red Raider. Uh, I'm married to a, a tiger from Baton Rouge. So the uh, I'm, I'm, I followed LSU and I'd be interested to see the bounce back because they did have a little rough year last year. They they turned over their offensive staff and defensive staff as well. So, but I'll be keeping my eye on that game. UCLA looked really good playing Hawaii, but I just think Hawaii is a pretty bad team. They look like, and so I'll be keeping an eye on that game mostly because there's another podcast I listen to. It's Andy Staples podcast, and he has a bet that LSU will win by 14 points, 15 points. And if he doesn't, he has to eat a banana peel and all. I don't know if you saw the Kentucky quarterback. Yeah, the the was it the Memphis quarterback? Yeah, one or the yeah, Kentucky, he, the Kentucky yeah, quarterback. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. ate the, so they that's the bet. So I'm gonna keep my eye on that game just to see who has to eat a banana peel and all. And I guess they, there's one that we haven't that we haven't touched on that actually is probably is is the big game of the week. Yeah. Which which is a rare sight that you get to see this, but we get to see Georgia lose their first game in the season already. So. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting because I think mean, it sets a dilemma. I mean, I hate always talking about the playoff and everything points to the playoff, but this is one of those games that it's it's if Georgia or whoever loses, the loser of this game, are they going to be? It doesn't matter. Yeah, it does. This game matter. Like does if because Georgia has a pretty easy SEC schedule, they don't play. Yeah, they're Alabama. going to the SEC championship game. I mean, they only have to play Florida. They don't play Alabama. They don't have to play LSU. I mean, they only have to. Play, Florida's the hardest team they play. I mean, after mm-hmm. Clemson, of course. 
but in the SEC, like they they have a pretty easy schedule to get to the championship game. So, like you said, this and Clemson this game even matter. They, and Clemson plays nobody after this game. Well, yeah, they play in the ACC. Um, at least in conference. There's there's nobody in the ACC that I'd be like, yeah, I'm scared of them. Like maybe you could have like a North Carolina cause them have it having a slip up or something. But yeah, yeah, like I, I think I think Clemson will run through that schedule. Um, but I think I think Clemson wins this game. It'll be it'll be interesting to see. Um, I think I think what I'll be watching for most in that game is how Dabo reloads again. Like he he went from Deshaun Watson to, to Trevor Lawrence and um, kept winning, and that's the hardest thing is sustained success. Um, and I mean, he's got the kids that he's got on that team are unrivaled by anybody else just based off of recruiting rankings. But it'll it yeah. will be interesting to see how they do. Well, I mean, the thing about it, like um, Georgia, they have like. 19 five stars like most more than anyone even more than alabama on that roster so if they don't do it this year i mean what do you what are you doing kirby smart how do you have that much talent and can't win i i was at the sugar bowl against them and we had i, I want to say like 10th row like we were real close down to the, down on the field and um they are different man like it really the speed and the size that that Georgia team had, and there are still kids on that team that that, that played in that Sugar Bowl. Like, like there, it really was something else. And and still, there was, was a that's a twenty six fourteen game. I mean, yeah, that should have that, should, that, that shows you how well that team was that Baylor team was coached. Yeah. Well, I think we've covered everything. Um, gone bumping up against an hour um joe why don't you tell people where they can uh find you follow you and uh, keep up with you i pretty much have one social media account and that is on twitter you can find me at the underscore joe underscore goodman yeah i know it's long and stupid but i've had it for like 11 years so i'm gonna keep it forever um but yeah that's where you can find me i uh you'll, you'll find me talking a lot about uh about baylor sports Houston stuff uh, with the occasional Tottenham Hotspur tweet in there, um, as well as just being an overall obnoxiously not as funny as he thinks he is person. Awesome. So um, do you want to go ahead and uh, do this next week too? Yeah, absolutely. All right, good deal. Well, um, we'll look forward to seeing the games and everyone follow Joe at his uh, social media. And I want to thank everyone for listening to the podcast as always, you can follow the podcast at The Bear Den Pod, and you can follow me at Matt D. Workman. And until next time, sick and bear. Network.